0: Hello, and welcome to episode two of Movies My wife Won't Watch. Hey. My name's Matt, and I'm here with my wife, Andrea. I'm Andrea. And welcome back. So, wanted to go over just a couple points from the last episode. Um, so, as you may have noticed, it probably doesn't have as much polish as some of the other podcasts what? that you may listen we to. We are
1: pros, man. <laughs> we are so pro.
0: So hoping to eventually make this a little bit more uh, professional, I guess you could call it, with intro music, stuff like that. So just bear with us as we kind of work the wrinkles out. Um, I also wanted to go a little bit into kind of my process for how we do this. You are so deep, honey. (laughs) Yeah, so really what I do is I've seen all these movies already, but I just watch them again, um, and then I'll take some notes. Although this time I took a – quite a few less notes than i did last time
1: and um, everyone w- is going to thank you for it
0: <laughs> so <laughs> no it probably won't be as finely detailed in in the explanations it's more memory stuff so okay, i think it'll be it'll better, be better. Yeah. yeah and as always with this as we are going through the plots and i think most people have kind of gathered this from uh, the last episode spoiler alert on all of these so because i am discussing the plot i will be talking about stuff So if you haven't seen the movie and you do want to see it... um, No, you don't. You could certainly... That's why you're listening
1: to this podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You could certainly listen to it. We'd appreciate it. Um, But just be aware that we will be talking about the plot. And the last thing I'll mention is uh, feedback. So if you guys have movie suggestions or uh, any other comments, there's actually a message button on the anchor page for um, the podcast where you can leave a message. Otherwise, you can always email the email for the podcast, which is podcast at gmail.com. So movies my wife won't watch, podcast at gmail.com. Another thing uh, we'll do real quick here is some small talk. My wife wanted to do some (laughs) of that, so I'll kick that over to her.
1: I'm the extrovert of our couple. So I know, as a big podcast listener, too, I like hearing about people's lives people want to know us honey people want to know you so the question i have where i'm just going to ask questions about movies in particular so tell the audience what was the first movie we saw together even though i you didn't know it earlier today <laughs> i had to remind you
0: so the first movie that we saw was on a date obviously and it was punch drunk love with adam sandler And Adam Sandler being in most of the movies that he's in, it's comedy, right? So I'm thinking, oh, this is gonna be a good date movie and it was one of the few serious drama movies that Adam Sandler was in and honestly it it was terrible. It
1: was terrible. Yeah, it was Aside from the fact that we had a third wheel. I had my we were supposed to have a double date and your friend bailed on my friend. And so I still brought my friend with
0: (laughs) Yes. And I, if I recall correctly, oh, the the seating in the theater was, um, me, she was in the middle, me, your friend, yeah. and you, yeah. So we didn't even sit next to each other. It was
1: a really bad first date, but here we are.
0: Yeah, good, good memories.
1: Stuff. Good memories. Okay, that is that is that was small talk.
0: <laughs> All right. So should we get into this? Yeah. So this week's movie is the movie Sneakers. It's from hmm. 1992, and it's got a lot of stars in it, actually. So Robert Redford is mm-hmm. the uh, starring role, and as I kind of work through and explain this, you know, you'll hear about the other actors and actresses in this as well. So starting off, the movie kicks off in a, a flashback, basically, uh, back to 1969,
1: and back in the summer of '69, <laughs> you knew I was gonna do it
0: there's two guys in this college dorm and they're talking about um, just various things. And you've come to find out that they're doing some hacking basically. So they've got a phone hooked up onto this receiver and they're talking about, you know, what should we do next? And they're basically dialed into these um, really important systems that people are not supposed to have access to. And they end up making these so it's
1: like the movie War Games or War or something like that.
0: Um kind of, yeah. So
1: It starts out, I mean.
0: That yeah, and that's basically what they're doing is they're making these donations um in other people's names. So like they they would donate, you know, from one organization that totally would not donate to another one like Exxon donating to you know Greenpeace or something like that. And That happens uh, now though. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. That is weird. So The one of the guys, um, is really concerned about getting caught, and he's like, you know, we we wouldn't get caught doing this. He's like, no, no big deal. It's you know, they're not going to find us, and you know, you know, we're really skilled at this or whatever. So Robert Redford, I should I should say his name is they um, Marty. They call him Marty. So Martin Marty McFly. Yeah, Martin Bishop is his full name. And he's like, well, I'm I'm getting hungry. I'm going to go out and grab some pizza. So he leaves the college dorm and he heads out and he gets in the car and the car won't start and he's like, oh, so frustrated. And while he's sitting there, the cops pull up and just like swarm the place. There's like three, four, five cop cars show up and then they go upstairs and basically they essentially traced or caught the guys doing what they were doing. So because he wasn't there, he had gone out he saw it happening but he right. you know he wasn't going to go back in obviously so the other guy's like hey you know he's looking out the window as he's getting arrested and he's like marty marty and the cops don't see him or know that he's there so he gets arrested and he goes to jail and um marty gets away essentially so Do then they it,
1: even have personal computer equipment in 1969 i mean how are they doing this out of their dorm room you that's know, what that's, I that's know. a
0: really good point. Um, I'm sure that uh, they were doing some research and stuff like that in college campuses. and.
1: But if it was in their dorm room, that's another thing. Like if they were in their lab, like if they were, that was what they were studying and they had a lab full of equipment like that, that would be more likely. This is a bunch of crap already.
0: <laughs> it's a movie, so sometimes fetched. you got to suspend disbelief.
1: All the time. Um, well, I love Marvel movies, so there you go.
0: Yeah, so, anyways he we go back to present day and you know Robert Redford's there and he's um in this truck basically with um you know four four or five of his buddies essentially and what you come to find out is that they all work together and they're all really good friends and what they're doing is they're testing um this bank basically so they're testing the security of this bank and
1: Legally, like Legally, they were hired yes, to do it. Yes,
0: they, okay. were, they were hired to do it. Now, the people at the bank don't know that. Um, but so the other people in his group, um, the first guy's name is Crease. And Ooh, Colbert not, Kai. Not, Colbert yeah, Kai. <laughs> it's spelled different, but oh, it's so pronounced the same. It's the same. So that's actually played by Sidney Poitier. Um, so he's obviously a pretty famous actor and yeah. he's an ex CIA um, person. And he's he's working in this business with Robert Redford. Um the next character is his nickname is Mother. And it's Dan Aykroyd. Really? Who plays him, yeah. That's so, interesting. Yeah. So
1: Is this supposed to be a comedy?
0: It's like a comedy slash like thriller. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, oh. kind of. Mm. Um and he's a real conspiracy theorist. Like he's talking about know, JFK like shooting all. and stuff like that. And which is funny because crease is former government so he's like you know why do you buy into this stuff or whatever so the next guy his name is whistler and he's actually a blind guy and he does a lot of the stuff with like the phones and audio and stuff like that and then got supersonic hearing (laughs) no this isn't like superheroes still and then the next character or the final guy in the group his name is carl and it's actually played by river phoenix carl so before oh, he, man. yeah. Well,
1: that was probably, that was really close to when he died, isn't it? Because he died in the early nineties, I thought. Um,
0: not sure exactly I don't when know he passed, but sure. yeah, this was um, before that. So he plays kind of like, um, kind of like a bumbling character. Like he's, he's smart, but he's just like socially awkward basically.
1: And w- what is his role in this gang? Like he's their gopher or something or what?
0: Um. Yeah, he helps out with stuff, and he, um, you know, will go and uh, um, just do random tasks for them, basically. So all of them are working together.
1: So we've got... Okay, let me see if I can remember the names. We've got Marty McBishop. We've got Crease Cobra Kai. We've got Mother. Oh, my mother. And... Uh who's the la- who's the blind guy the supersonic whistler? whistler. Yeah. Supersonic hearing guy. And Carl. And Carl. Yeah. Okay.
0: So as I said before they're testing bank security so he like mothers up on the um on the electric pole and he's like testing wires and stuff and um basically they end up setting off the fire alarm on purpose and then the security guards like freaking out so he calls and the guy who picks up the phone is whistler and pretends that he's with the security company Mm -hmm. and then they end up getting it turned off and then they get in and they get this um, documents out of this um, security um, box basically and then um, they get out essentially undetected And then the next day they go in and Robert Redford goes in and he gives these documents to like the board of this bank or whatever and says, you know, here's this and here's this. And, you know, you guys really need to work on your security or whatever. That's right up your alley, honey. Yeah, so I was just going to say this. Essentially what this is is penetration testing. Yeah. So it's physical, obviously, because they're going to um, the building and they're trying to break their way in and then they're letting the people know that, own the place that this is you where you know your weak this spots is where, are. yeah, exactly. This is where your weaknesses are, right? So, in is the next this scene, be less
1: detailed? <laughs> sorry,
0: I'm just like explaining it. No, I know you on, are giving good background, yeah, like okay, gotcha. So, and this is all relevant to how the story builds out, got it, got it. So, in the next scene, there, he's they're all like together and um, you know, just kind of hanging out and stuff, and these two guys show up. And you basically kind of figure out that they're from the government and they think that they're NSA. So they start talking about this guy. He's a mathematician and his name is Gunter Janik. Gunter. And he's working on this project and it's called Project Sea Tech Astronomy. Mm -hmm. And these guys from the government think it's this project that he's working on is funded by the Russians. So this professor is um a mathematician basically and he's into cryptography okay so like breaking codes and and that type of stuff
1: like the bletchley so what they want
0: so he's he's developed this device that basically uh, cracks these codes okay and the government wants it so they want marty and his team to steal it for them and he's like ah, I don't really want to do this. I'm I'm not going to work with the government. I'm not going to do that. And he w- the one of the guys whips out this wanted poster and it says Martin Bryce. Bryce? Yeah, which is actually his real name. Oh. Um, so Martin Bishop is this don't alias that, that he's been using. Man. And this is where you find out that he's been on the run for you know, 20, 30 years because he's been a fugitive.
1: So you find out that in 1969, right when he left the scene, he w- they did know that he was in on it? Assuming? Yeah, that he was part of it.
0: Got it. Probably because his friend talked, to him So he's
1: not guess. Marty McBishop, he's Marty McBrice.
0: There's no Mick, but I know. yes. Yeah, you know Marty I, Bryce. Yeah, Marty McBrice.
1: Yep.
0: So they essentially, I mean, based on that, you're like, okay, do this for us or we're going to you know, blackmail you and let you know that the government know that this is who you really are.
1: This sounds familiar from commando. It's <laughs> more blackmail. It's always a good plot yeah, point.
0: So he's like, okay, we'll do the job. So this is um where don't ever
1: give in to the blackmailers, people. His, Just don't do it.
0: <laughs> this is where his girlfriend Liz comes into the picture. And I can't remember the actress's name who plays her. Um
1: have I seen her in anything else?
0: Yeah, Mary McDonnell, maybe, I think is what it might be. She's been in a bunch of movies. But anyways, he goes to her and, and talks to her about this. <laughs> and they've been an item, obviously, in the past. I don't know if they've worked together or whatever, but he wants her to, like, come along on this, you know.
1: So he gives in because he doesn't want to be blackmailed.
0: Yeah, he does. I mean, he doesn't want to get thrown in jail, right? So he's going to help the government out. Um. So they go to this party and they meet this guy named Gregor, who is um has worked with Marty in the past, and he essentially now he works for the Russian consulate. So he wants to talk to this guy about, you know, this whole kind of situation and what's going on, and and he talks about Janik and he's like, you know, this is what's happening. So he gives him some information or whatever, and he's going to steal the box that, excuse me, has these components in that Janik has made. So the other thing is this, basically it's like this little chip, but he's storing it in this like answering machine. So it looks like this 1980s answering machine box, basically.
1: So this is what they want him to steal.
0: Yeah, this is what they want him to steal. So he goes to Janik's office and he goes over there and he... Breaks in because he's good at breaking in at stuff, and his secretary comes in and he's con- you know convincing her that you know he's supposed to be there or whatever, and he's a private eye. So he ends up getting away with the box, and they're like, "Yeah, this is awesome." They have a a party. Him and his whole crew have a party, and uh, Whistler in the background starts <laughs> playing. <laughs> starts playing with this box right so he opens it up and he's like using like these um it almost kind of looks like a soldering iron but he's like holding stuff together and he can hear the noises that this is making as he's like pushing these pins together whatever and so he works with carl and they start playing with this thing and then they he's like hey you know this doesn't seem right or whatever so he hooks this up and he's like hey let's think of some place that's got like this unbreakable encryption like there's no way you're ever going to be able to get into it so like he picks the federal reserve and then they dial up the federal reserve on this
1: just like that
0: modem basically because he they've got all these like dial-up numbers or whatever where you know like they would dial in to transfer money because this is back in the 90s we don't have high-speed internet and stuff like that right Mm -hmm. so it's the whole screen's all garbled and then he puts this this like probe on this wire and all of a sudden all of the garbled turns into readable text and they're it's like, Whoa, what's going on here. Right. So then he, so like, well, let's pick another one. And then they end up picking air traffic control for San Francisco. Cause that's where they're actually in. Mm-hmm. And then they end up same thing. They push on this probe or whatever, and they decode it and it shows the, the actual radar screen with all the planes flying and stuff. And they're like, you know, whoa, what the heck's going on? It's like, okay, let's let's try one more. And then they're like, how about the power grid? So Ooh, then they, they're
1: getting real daring.
0: So then they push the probe again and the whole thing. And then they're like, you know, this is like super powerful. We shouldn't be playing with oh, this no. kind of thing. It's
1: not good. <laughs>
0: and they're gonna uh launch the new so then marty's the like hey stop doing that so then they stop doing it and then they're playing scrabble so marty and liz and crease and his wife are playing scrabble and they're talking about Kreese. this c-tech astronomy right because it's the name of the project and he starts thinking about oh, c-tech astronomy it's, it's kind of weird so then he takes all these tiles out of scrabble puts the probe on it
1: and it decodes no <laughs>
0: He spells out C Tech Astronomy, and then it's like, you know, I wonder if this is like it's just a word
1: cr- jumble like in the newspaper.
0: Yeah, like it makes up an anagram, right? So mm-hmm. you can take it apart and you can make that's it spell like other Voldemort. stuff. So they try this and they say no, one phrase, and they're like, does this mean anything to you guys? No, it doesn't mean anything. So they scramble it up and they try something else, and that's not it. And then they finally fill this out, and it's too many secrets. So Ooh. then they're like, "Ooh, this is, this is really interesting." Ooh. So, anyways, too many. He's got the box, right? So he's got to give many. the box to the NSA guys. So he goes with Kreese and he meets up with these NSA guys, and then they're like, "Okay, you know, we'll give you this hundred thousand dollars that we promised." I forgot about that in the last section, and then they're like, "We'll wipe your record clean, so you don't have to worry about this anymore." Well, while he's standing there talking to these guys. Creese looks down at the paper in the back seat of his car and he realizes that Janik is dead. What? Yeah. Who's,
1: okay wait, Janik? Could remind me who that guy is? He's the one guy the-
0: who's been working on this chip. The one who made the box. Oh no. Yeah, so he's like
1: Someone's been betrayed.
0: So he's like, Maybe these guys aren't who they say they are. Maybe? So he so he's yelling to He's like Marty. Your mom's on the phone. He just happens to have a uh, cell phone in uh, his car it's too. It's mother.
1: Right? It's mother. Mother's on the phone.
0: Yeah. So he's like, you know, I'll I'll talk later. And he's basically trying to get his attention to pull him away from these guys. So he eventually goes back, and then he's like, "Holy crap!" So then they go and they speed off, and uh, they're like, "Yeah, maybe these guys aren't NSA." So he goes and. He meets with um, this Gregor guy again, and, event, and basically he finds out that this grant that helped pay for this project is not from the Russians. It's actually from the NSA.
1: Uh, okay.
0: Yeah, so that's interesting. But then anyways, he so he sees these two guys, and he's like, do you know who these guys are? Um, and he pulls out this book, and he, they start looking through all these basically pictures of these Russian agents to find out um, you know, if they're either Russians or if they're NSA or whatever. And then he's like, oh, yeah, these are some bad dudes. And he's like, well, who are they? And he's not able to explain. So then they're in this car, which is like part of the consulate. It's going to get so shot it's, up. It's going to get blown no. up. So it's essentially because it's the Russian consulate that is like. It's their
1: land. It's yeah, like it's their like their land. yeah, it's like their land. So yep. the
0: United States can't. Yep. do them so he's like if you stay in this car i can protect you i can keep you safe whatever and he's like tell me who these guys are and he he's he doesn't tell them basically and then they get pulled over by um these cops so then he gets out of the car and they're they're they look like they're not um plain clothes officers they're actually uh um, or uniformed officers they are actually like guys in plain clothes so they think they're fbi And Marty's got a gun in his pocket Uh because he's, like, trying to protect himself. Things Mm -hmm. are kind of going haywire. Mm -hmm. So they pull the gun out, and then they're like, oh, you know, you're supposed to have this or whatever. And then the guy takes the gun, and he puts on some gloves, and he shoots Gregor, kills him in the car. And then he...
1: The guys that came in, the plainclothes guys?
0: Yeah. And then they knock him out, and they put him in the... Back of this car, and then he wakes up and and then the he wakes up in the trunk of this car.
1: Marty does.
0: Yeah. So they open the trunk, and it's the, one of the guys that asked him to steal this box. And he's dead. No, he's he's alive. You need to open the trunk. And no, I'm talking
1: there. about the guy that opened the trunk was one of the guys that asked him to steal this chip. Yeah, the two okay. guys who they
0: thought were from the the, the NSA. NSA. Okay, got yeah. it. So then he knocks him out or whatever and then he wakes up and he's in this building and it's like this office basically and this guy comes out and he's got this ponytail and we'll call
1: him ponytail no his, <laughs> his name, name his name is ponytail
0: no it's not Yeah, his, it is. his That's name is Cosmo him. and it's played by Ben Kingsley oh. so another famous actor yeah well, you come to find out that Cosmo Bony is kill. Marty's buddy, the guy who got arrested Yeah. at the beginning of the movie. And so they're really good friends. And um, he is the one, he like really wants his box because he knows what it does. And he knows that, you know, it can... Um,
1: Save the world.
0: It can un- unencrypt all this stuff or mm. whatever. So he's like, you know... This guy, this Gregor that just got shot, you know, it would be a really shame if you know something were to happen or whatever. So he uses the box and he decodes the FBI's database and he, he raises his name. No, he goes to put in Martin Bryce as an alias to Martin Bishop because the government doesn't know that Martin Bryce is Martin Bishop. So, so
1: Ponytail does that?
0: Cosmo, yes.
1: I thought he was his friend.
0: Well. That doesn't would you sound be,
1: like a something a friend would do. Would you do. be his
0: friend if he bailed on you and you ended up spending 20 years in prison?
1: Oh, that's the guy.
0: Cosmo. That's what I said. Okay, There's his I'm, friend.
1: I'm sorry. My eyes were glazing over there for a while. I'm a really good listener. Because of lot of
0: technical mumbo-jumbo. I'm a good listener. Um. So he basically updates the computer because they're going to run the prints on this gun. And it's like, oh, it's Martin Martin. Bishop. Oh, it's Martin Bryce. He's been wanted for 20 years or whatever. So he knows that he's going to get framed for the killing. So they knock him out and they dump him off somewhere. And then he meets up with his buddies again. And he realizes that, you know, he's got to get to the bottom of what's going on here. So he calls the NSA because... Um, he initially Kreese,
1: thought he was working with them anyway, but they he wasn't. Yeah, so Crease so. has
0: the number for like this switchboard of the NSA or, or whatever. So he calls and they're like, you know, I want to talk to the director of operations, and she's like, I'm gonna need a name. I
1: want to talk to your manager.
0: And then totally caring, caring. Like, <laughs> he's like, Creese says, try research. He's like, Re- I want to talk to research, and he's, she's like, I need a name. So you can tell this is some kind of code for him to get through. So you can actually uh, talk to who yeah, he needs like to. Yeah, like
1: passwords and stuff kind of. Saying so the right he says,
0: Sea Tech Astronomy. Ooh. And she's like, like please hold. And then they connect him. And now I should say when they're calling him, they've got this all this equipment set up so that they're actually scrambling where the call's coming from uh-huh. so they can't be traced. So well, it's bouncing through all of these stations all over the, the globe. And they're talking to this guy, his name is Abbott, and he's like, you know, I, I have something that you guys may want. And he's like, you know, do you have it? And he's like, no, and it's, it's bouncing, and it's getting closer and closer to them tracing. And he's like, can you guarantee my safety? And he's like...
1: Absolutely, I can.
0: Oh, they're also, they've got like a lie detector hooked up to his voice Oh, on yeah, because those are
1: infallible
0: well so they can tell if he's like telling the truth or not and he's and then he pauses and he's like yes i can guarantee your safety and this is like seconds before they're gonna have the trace and he's like he's lying he's lying based on his voice print or whatever so
1: so accurate
0: they hang up and uh so he's like now how do i how do we get this box back right so they know that cosmo has it but they don't know where it is so whistler's like you know when you were in the trunk of this car he's like did you hear anything? You know, and well, then he's as a matter like, "Matter
1: of fact, I did."
0: Yeah, so heard he heard whistling. He heard bumps. <laughs> <laughs> so he heard bumps as he's driving along the pavement oh, and stuff, bumps. and they start putting it oh, and then man. together, and then they realize that he's driving over this certain bridge, and then he heard something that sounded like a you
1: never hear bumps a cocktail party,
0: and then it ends up being like this reservoir where all these birds hang out. So eventually they traced to this building. What?
1: He said he heard a cocktail party.
0: What sounded like a cocktail party.
1: And then they thought, oh yeah, that's birds.
0: Well, it's just a like a bunch of noise like what all going ever. on. So yeah, okay. they basically trace it back to this building. And it's like they manufacture toys there. It's called Playtronics. Mm-hmm. And so then they do more research and they're watching the building and they've got cameras set up and stuff. And they're like, or... This office has got to be Cosmo's office, and then they're like, Well, how are we going to get in there? So then they go to the office next door and they find out that the guy who works in that office, his name is Werner Brandis, and he's played by Steven Tabalewski, I think is how you say it. So he's the guy that was in Groundhog Day, Ned Ryerson. Oh, yeah, who runs up. He,
1: who's actually plays the principal. Yes, Principal Ball on the, on Goldbergs. the Goldbergs, yeah. Good so
0: show. he's Werner Brandis, and he's an engineer who works at that place. Mm-hmm. So they do some more research about this, and they find out that the office where Cosmos in has got like all of this high tech security stuff built into it. So it, they've got these sensors in there that not only will detect heat mm-hmm. from a, a human body that walks in there, but it'll also detect movement. Okay. And even to get into the office, they use this voice print. And this is like a famous line from the movies. So the voice print to get in is, um, ugh, I'm drawing a blank now. Oh, he <laughs> says, my name is Werner Brandis. My voice is my passport. Verify me. So you have I've to never say heard that before. Ever. Yeah. So you have to repeat that into this speaker and then it, Checks to see that the voice is actually right. you, and then it opens up and lets you in. So they're like, "Well, how are we going to get past this?" So they end up sending Liz on a date with Werner Brandis, and then and then she records all of the the whole, the whole thing. thing, and then they basically pick the right. words out of the entire conversation.
1: That was done in Charlie's Angels, I think. Was it? I don't know. It could be. It's done in a lot of movies, I'm sure. So.
0: The other thing with these sensors is the heat, so it'll detect your heat well, you either have to wear this bodysuit mm-hmm. or you have to basically crank the heat up to in the office to the heat of a human body, which that's, is ninety eight degrees.
1: That's just like mission impossible. Potentially, Potentially I love how yeah. they everyone And then from the movement else.
0: is you can't move more than two inches per second. So So you're like in slow motion. Yeah, so he's basically walking in slow motion. So this sets in uh so it added like sets the plan in place, right? So he gets in and he's using, you know, the guys to get in, and then he gets into the office and he drops down behind these sensors and he's essentially he's got this box that looks exactly like the box he's gonna steal. Yeah. Without the guts in it. And he's able to um Make his way across to the office, and he gets it. But in the meantime, this Werner finds out that his ID has been stolen out of his wallet. His ID, he, yeah, which I swipes you said idea to get no, his ID, which <laughs> ID. swipes and gets him into the building. Yeah, which Liz had swiped to give to at on the date to Marty during the date. Yeah. yeah. So he drives her down there, and he's like, you know, I don't trust this lady. She's trying to do something, which kind of sets the hackles up for right, Cosmo. Right, so
1: they're being, uh, paying attention.
0: Yeah, so they go in, and um, she they go up to the office, and they get in there, and he's this is like he gets right up into the like the air ducts and stuff yeah. right as they get into the office. Oh. And they're like, everything looks fine. You know, this is in Werner's office.
1: Mm-hmm. Just like Mission and Impossible. And so, so
0: they're like, you know, we're really sorry about this. So they start escorting him out. And she says, this is the last computer date I'll ever go on. And Cosmo's like, you two are set up on a computer dating site? And he's like, this is not right. There's no way that, you know, this engineer who's real meticulous will get set up with this lady or whatever. So then he knows... It's Marty that basically is doing this. Mm. So then they'll... Be
1: careful what you say.
0: So then the uh, alarms go off, and then they're trying to track him down. And uh, they end up... he, He ends up surrendering, and then he gives him the box back. And he's like, you know, this is... He's like, why are you doing this? And he's like, you know, the world is run by numbers and data it's like it's all ones and zeros now it's not about money it's the it's matrix
1: now baby who controls the, the data
0: controls the power or has the power basically
1: that is so true so for reals
0: they, he gives it to him and he leaves and then he finds out that the box is empty so then they end up um he ends so up marty so
1: cosmo ponytail gives it to marty mcbrice
0: Marty gives him the box because otherwise he's going to get killed.
1: And it's empty. Marty gives. No,
0: it's got it in there. Oh. But then he, there's another scene where they're up on the roof trying to escape. And then he swaps the box with an empty one, basically. So he ends up with an empty one.
1: Of course. So Cosmo ends up with an empty one.
0: Essentially at that point, they go back and he calls up abbott again at the nsa and he's like i've got this box you know do you want it so he comes down with it comes down with his the fbi and stuff and he says to him he's like you know this is pretty important he's like i want something in return for this he's like i want my record wiped clean he's like okay fine and then all the other guys step up and be like you know i would i'd like something too and then um, mother's like, I'd like a, a Winnebago, you know, fully furnished and all this. And he's like, you know, what is this? I'm not a You're genie right. or whatever. Yeah. So he ends up fulfilling all of the um, the stuff that the guys asked for. So Carl asked for the number of this this female FBI agent that's <laughs> they've got guns up on them and stuff. And then Crease um, asked for a vacation with his wife. And then... um Whistler asked for world peace and goodwill towards men. And he's like, well, I can't do that. And he's like, I want world peace and goodwill towards men. So he's like, fine, whatever. And then Marty, before this all, they're talking about what they want for it. Marty goes back to remember when he's talking about to Gregor and Gregor says that the Russians codes are specific to the Russians and that they're different from the U.S. codes. Yeah. So this box would not crack encryption worldwide. It ends up just breaking the encryption for the U.S. stuff, which is why the NSA wants it so that they can store on us or s- basically spy on Americans. Oh, those or bastards! American. So
1: this guy is like. This is really a precursor to Edward Snowden.
0: I know. So they talk about that and they talk about the whole spying on Americans or whatever. And it's like, if you're, you know, I'll hand this over, but this is why we want all this stuff or whatever. So he does that and they end up leaving. And then that essentially is the end of the movie at that point. So. Well done. Yeah. So. Uh, it's one of my more favorite movies just because of the whole technology aspect and you know it's like it's it's kind of a like I said a thriller you know with everybody and i I like it I think it's really good
1: so you're gonna ask me the question yeah
0: do you think it's something that you would have watched?
1: yeah, I think I would watch that if you ever watch it again I'd watch it with you hmm.
0: all right yeah it's it's definitely one of the better movies um, yeah. so the trivia section i will just have a couple of bits of trivia here. So Gunter Janik, Gunter. which I forgot to mention before, is actually played by Donald Logue, who is in... Who's that? um that? Uh, he's been in a bunch of... He was in the TV show Terriers. Remember oh, that? Oh, yeah. I remember that show. Yeah. And he's in... Um, I loved that show. That it was a good show. comedy sh- uh, show with um, Cloris Leachman, The Family. Oh, I don't remember that. Um, Raising Hope. I think it's called.
1: Oh gosh, I loved that show. Dude. Yeah, that so he's show. in
0: that too. and This is actually his first credited role in a theatrical film. Hmm. So that was mm-hmm. interesting. And like I mentioned before, the cast includes three Oscar winners. Oh, Robert Redford, you know Sidney Poitier, then. and Ben Kingsley. You Kinsley. better watch
1: that movie, everybody.
0: And the five Oscar nominees, so Dan Aykroyd, David Strathairn. Dan
1: Aykroyd was nominated for a... And Oscar, an Oscar, yeah. So Davis Strathairn, oh, movie, I think, is
0: Whistler. <laughs> and then River Phoenix, James Earl Jones, who plays Abbott, and Mary McDonnell.
1: Oh, you didn't tell me that it was James Earl Jones? Yeah,
0: I Adam. forgot to mention that. Um, wow. Another, and like I said before, an important line in the movie, Too Many Secrets, the same line as repeated twice by John Lithgow at the end of The Manhattan John Project. John Lithgow, oh. He's, he's not, not in, in the, the movie. movie. He's Got in it. The Manhattan Project, but it's a similar sentiment about Government control and science yeah, and technology. I agree. Um when Marty and Cosmo are in their dorm doing the prank at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. The facade of the building is actually um the Hill Valley clock tower from the Back to the Future. Really? Yeah, which I didn't That's realize funny. until after I now looked you're this gonna up after to have it again. And then the last one that I have is, you know, to prevent the project from being thought of as a kid's movie. And being rated G, (laughs) Phil Alden Robertson, who I believe is the director, intentionally added profanity to the script.
1: What? Who would think that this (laughs) was a kid's movie and it will be rated G? -er? Yeah,
0: I don't know. So that was interesting.
1: I don't think he knows his business as well as he thinks he does.
0: Yeah. So
1: add some F-bombs and stuff.
0: So there it is, episode two in the books, Sneakers Mm. from 1992. Mm Mm-hmm. So, again, if you want to leave any kind of feedback on the podcast, we certainly welcome it. You know, movie suggestions or just how we're doing, anything in general. The email address is mmwwwpodcast at gmail.com. Or, like I said, the anchor page for the, the podcast has a message button where you can actually leave a, a voice message if you choose so. So, that's it. That's it. Thanks for uh, participating again, as always, and hopefully we'll... You're
1: welcome, honey.
0: ...hear you back on the next episode.
1: I'll be here. I know you're not talking to me, but... (laughs) The fans.
0: (laughs) All right, see ya.